Hearts Club with me, Nico Tatarovich, on my own. It's a solo episode. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to a belated solo episode of Stupid Hearts Club that I intended to record and put out in the first week of February but was very busy and then got an acting job and had to go off and be even busier. So the beginning of this episode is me apologising that this episode has broken my rhythm. I've got a rhythm written out that goes solo ep, guest ep, tea and empathy, guest ep. Buskin Chronicles. I will prove to you by the end of this month that you will still get those episodes. But you're going to get like two or three episodes in the next few days. I've already got some of the other reps lined up. Could have dropped them, couldn't I? But I didn't want to. I wanted to keep the sequence. Solo. Guest app. Tea and Empathy. Guest app. Buskin Chronicles. I may be uh, loosely reliable, but I do like to try and keep promises. And I like to stick to, you know, what I like to call the vision. I really, really care about the vision. And the reason that I care about the vision is because... Oh, there's a thing that I just did. Did you hear that? last few edits that I've done I've noticed I've had to you can't take them all out because it's a bit over the top but I did have to take quite a few out because what's the collective term for a they're not tuts are they what is that it's a little suck of the teeth isn't it is it a microaggression I don't know anyway I do want to keep the shape of how the episode's are released even if my date has been a bit off there because it really helps my head knowing what I'm doing in what order and even though I've been a naughty boy not getting this episode out I have also been a good boy because I have still been recording the material for future episodes so we're not in the wilderness here guys we're not in the wilderness and and it's funny actually because the other reason is uh I didn't want to rush anything out because I like talking to you and I like that to be the sort of palate cleanser of the month. So here we are. It's actually Valentine's Day. And um, that has meant nothing to me for a number of years. Um, 
except when I was in a uh, kind of long distance thing. Occasions like this can be heightened by what you might call longing or limerence. Yeah. But um, I've not had someone to hang out with on a Valentine's Day or where you're sort of rushing around getting the flowers and going, oh, shit, shit, I can't find any fucking pink verve clicot. Shit. Trimming one's uh, bodily hairs in the hope that one is going to be um, thoroughly inspected by their lover. <laughs> Not had that for a while. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I got a Valentine's card. And not not one from, like, EE Mobile, as is usually the case. <laughs> or, like, Aviva Insurance. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. We love giving you offers on your house insurance. That's not happened. In fact, why hasn't that happened? When I think about it, if it wasn't for the real Valentine's card that I've got, then I would have been completely fucking ignored by all my spam lovers. Who've we got? I'm just having a look. All right, there is one. Sadly, I've actually looked at my spam folder to see. <laughs> I've got a Valentine's email. Oh, this is awful, but get this. I've got a, a Valentine's email <laughs> from Let's Get Checked which is, um, you know, when you send off to do um, health testing. <laughs> oh, I love you. We love testing your cholesterol levels, Uncle Nico. Are you lonely? Would you like a diabetes test on the most romantic day of the year? We're the only people talking to you. Let's get checked. Actually, you know, not being rude, but like, fuck you, let's get checked. There are people all over the world who are, you know, beset with misery and loneliness. And you're like, you know, it'd be really nice. All the sort of uh, the, the Shatterpon and the Left Behind got an email from us on Valentine's Day morning reminding them that they might have t terminal diseases. Yeah, fucking thanks for that. 20% off the promo code. Love your health, love yourself. Want to make well-being the focus of this February, seeing as you've not got a girlfriend? Then testing can unlock essential insights and empower you to work with your healthcare on your own with no support from your lover. Um, to, to your healthcare provider to help make smart, informed health decisions that otherwise would be just being debated in bed with your girlfriend if you had one. But... Um, you know, that we, we do all sorts from monitoring your cholesterol levels, from how much comfort eating you do, to screening for diabetes, for how much comfort eating and drinking that you do. And remember to stay in control with this month's most popular at home sample. This month's most pop. Stay in control with this month's most popular at home sample collection kits. Hey, tell you what, we won't send you the sex disease kit because. You've not been having sex with anyone, have you? Have you, Uncle Nico? Fuck you. Fuck you. Um, yeah, okay. So, let me just say this. Even, 
I never, I'm never bitter if I'm not um, coupled up. I actually, over the years, have come to prefer people that lean into Valentine's Day in a sort of understated, cool, why would I not buy my loved one a bunch of flowers? You can't go wrong with red roses, man. You cannot go wrong with a little gesture. I know it can get cheesy and that the sort of, you know, if, you, if you're going for the slug and lettuce kind of love menu for fourteen ninety nine each, think fucking give it up. But if you've made the effort to go, oh, do you know what? I know what your favourite meal is. And if you're consistent and it's like, there they are, the big fucking bunch of roses that one of you always gets the other one. It's like, you know, that's fucking good shit, man. You can't, you can't be banging on about Pancake fucking Tuesday like that's real. And then two days later, be like, oh yeah, it's actually really commercialised. It's actually just really commercial. Did you know that St. Valentine's actually just a massacre in Chicago in the 30s? It's like, fucking get a grip. Look after your other half. Yeah, but it's just like that it's like one day a year and it's like this is the day where you no one's telling you to be a cunt the rest of the time just fucking join in a bit you know what I mean buy some croissants and one of them little plastic things of fruit salad for the morning and a luxuriously thick yoghurt take it in on a tray just say thought I'd make the effort no one, I'm not telling you not to do it the rest of the year come on guys Come on, guys. Guys, if we all work together, we can improve the situation, all right? Everybody is working together, and then we can have a very good time, all right? Okay. Talking of flowers, and this isn't in a sad way. I love doing this. Every now and again, I have a little moment where I think, oh, you're a good lad. You're a good little lad, old Nick. Old Nicholas. And I'll be in the supermarket, and I'll think, I'm going to buy myself a little packet of flowers, a packet, <laughs> not seeds, I mean like a bunch of flowers. And the thing that inspired me to do this, I thought about it before, but it was a bit like, don't take this the wrong way, non-straight listeners, but like it felt a bit camp by myself flowers. And then I realised that that was ridiculous when I was watching Get Back, the Beatles mega documentary that got made a couple of years ago and noticed that when the Beatles first meet up and they are in a big sort of empty, cold, huge, empty studio, like a photography studio or film studio, whatever it is, in Twickenham, and they're just sort of noodling around writing them songs that become the al- that later become the album, there's just this little vase of daffodils sat there, I think it's daffodils, they're yellow. What's weird is I think that's supposed to be like New Year. I'm confused about how you got daffodils at New Year in 1969. I know you'd get them now, like you can get strawberries and fucking mangoes all year round. But in Get Back, there is what I think are daffodils. Can anyone tell me whether they're daffodils or not? Isn't there another flower that looks a lot like daffodils? Any flower experts out there? Let me know. But for whatever reason, the little habit that I have, and I started this when I was 
trying to be nice to myself after the mad depression and breakdown shit I went through in 2022. Having watched Get Back, I thought, I think I was in fucking big Tesco's up in Flitwick, and I spied some yellow roses. And they reminded me of the, the Beatles flowers, even though they're like a different breed. Are flowers called breeds? I don't know. But uh, I thought, right, come on. This is, we're, we're being good to us now. He says, that's me separating myself from my inner child. We, me, me and you, me and little me, we are being good to us from now on. That was the self-care and self-compassion I had been reading about self-care and self-compassion. I've talked about this before. I encourage myself out loud. I tell myself I'm doing all right. I tell myself not to worry. I tell myself that we'll figure it out if a bill comes in that I can't afford. I give myself little pep talks when I'm mooching around the house, sort of like cooking my breakfast or whatever. I pat myself, literally pat myself on the arse like it's the 70s and that's still okay. And very occasionally I'll buy myself some little yellow beetle flowers and put them in a vase. And it always cheers me up. And it always makes me think um, it's a link to that memory of watching them be so, so creative. And also it's like, it's quite a kind of, uh, it's quite a move in terms of uh, being relaxed about your masculinity, isn't it? Buying yourself a little bunch of flowers. That felt like a nice little breakthrough to go, I don't fucking care. You know, it's fucking cool. I love it. Flowers are fucking beautiful. They're inherently innocent and beautiful and pure. And they symbolise someone looking after you. You know, you congratulate people. You woo people or you console people with flowers. And you surprise people. So if you buy yourself a bunch of flowers and put them in a vase, the act itself might feel like half like cheating because it's not like someone else bought them. But when you see them sitting there, they are still taking the physical form of a gesture. That's my take on flowers. So I'm looking at mine right now. I mean, they're not in the best shape, to be honest. They, uh, they were tinged with a little bit of brown almost as soon as I uh, put them out. But I don't fucking care because the intention to look after myself was the reason I bought them. I went, you know what? I'll tell you why it was. Things are starting to go well. The, the only bit where I'm a bit disappointed is Patreon numbers aren't rising, even though I've been... okay this couple of weeks aside I've been delivering this new stuff I don't know what it is I need to do to grow the numbers but one of the things I am going to try and do is I'm creating lots of other semi sort of commercial podcast ideas that I'm either I don't I'm not in all of them but we're me and a friend are creating podcast ideas to try and up our game as professional audio entertainment creators 
there's going to be quite a lot of interesting things to tell you about. I'm just going to be open with it. Tea and empathy will continue to be made, as will the Buskin Chronicles, but I will be shopping around, now that we've got a bunch of episodes of those, I'm going to be shopping that around and trying to say to someone, get involved in it, support me, um, sponsor me, pay me. Let's get in, let's get a a guitar brand or a you know a uh, a busking amp or whatever you know like relevant things. We're going out to bat as a sort of loose loosely termed a company, trying to make things like that happen. And in a way, it's like the free content, the the extra ideas that I'm seeding here in in Patreon is a, a testing ground of formats that I can share with you lot for, for as bonus content, but then I can try and do something with it to try and make a living, right? If that happens and then that, say, Buskin Chronicles ends up being, like, paid for by freaking Gibson Guitars, which I'm not saying it will, but, like, let's say that happened and it got packaged up and then it's out there. Well, then I'd be like, okay, that's cool. But... Um, it wouldn't feel like it's a proper free present for you anymore. So I would uh, always use Patreon as a testing ground for something else that's like free bonus content. And another one of the things I might do is that if Busking Chronicles gets up and running properly, there may end up being a, a video element to it, especially the music performance bits. It'd be silly not to video them. And then, then there's like cool little... Um, strum sessions with the guests, so they 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 could be uh, they could be exclusively on Patreon or they could be on YouTube, but there's like extra tracks in Patreon or whatever. I don't know. It's I'll mix it up as I go along, but um, tea and empathy also is is uh, that's ready to go as a as a pitch. Um, so I'm just being straight with you there. That our little landscape is going to be an interesting within Patreon. You'll always get Stupid Hearts Club, always, always, always. And that will always be um, first on Patreon and then out in the wild. But uh, all bonuses will be yours and yours only. Um, what I'm hoping is that when I get these kind of other sort of slightly more targeted niche subject-oriented podcasts out there. One of them's Wild Food with Fred, who you heard the other week. One of them is going to be called The Music Baby and is with a wonderful girl called Delphine who played my music night, who's a natural, and she's going to be making a sort of music podcast and YouTube channel aimed at helping other young musicians, and I really want to be part of that, but she's in a better place to be the face of that than I am. And also we'll look less weird inboxing 18-year-olds. So we're teaming up to make that into a, a little community. And I'm really excited about it because she's brilliant. And we really get on. And I will go on her podcast once a month, once a month, with an, once a month with an update of whoever I've talked to. And I'll give her some of my Buskin Chronicles content. And she can do the same with me. And we'll probably do a little bit of a, a little music thing every month where we play a little tune together because we're um she's helping me with stupid hearts club live night and i'm going and helping her with her open mic nights so 
you're going to love Delphine. She's really, really cool. Really, really conscientious. And what I've realised since moving down here is that um, the side of it where I've got into music, and that's Spawn Busking Chronicles, because a lot of the sort of music people down here are... There's basically a music university, and there's a lot of young, fresh bands and talent that are just like mucking around trying stuff and being in each other's bands and they love playing nights like stupid hearts club which i'm very very grateful for so like i was talking last year about wanting to find a an av one avenue of my sort of time to be helping young people or, or helping people that want to learn something um and that's kind of some of that is a uh, pent-up dad energy from being a bit further away from my lad and who's now a teenager and um, has got his own vibes going on. Uh, but the other thing, it's like I did a little bit of um, screenwriter teaching at the beginning of the year. I'm not against doing more of that either if there's anyone out there who uh, has any uh, context where you remember that I've been a professional comedy scriptwriter and, um, and actor for like 18 years and there are, I've been in some scenarios where my experience in that is something that I can pass on and uh, yeah, I've done a little bit of teaching um, such as uh, a short film course but I, I understand narrative structure and all that so yeah so I did that bit of teaching and I loved this feeling of um, if you like being there and being a bit of a guide um, so with all these like young musicians, I don't know more. I do not know more about uh, the music game than Delphine does, even though she's only like I don't know, I don't know how old she is, twenty four, twenty five, but she's really smart and knows her onions. But I have been around a long time, so we've started talking to some of these young acts, and we are trying to make it the case that we're kind of like we're here. The Music Baby Podcast will be here for you if you're a young up and coming act. And uh, part of that will be whatever those people are going through or decisions they've got to make creatively or business-wise or uh, in terms of dynamics with friends and musicians and, and whatever else. I, um, you know, I've been around a bit and I'm, I'm uh, there's, there's going to be a guest that we'll have on soon that I can't wait to share with you called Crimson, who's a brilliant songwriter. The lovely voice and um, a really sort of vulnerable lo-fi indie sound. I just fucking love it, right? And um, we're going to be talking to Crimson via Music Baby podcast, but I want to use that on Buskin Chronicles as well and have a chat with him. Um, but the vibe I got when I met Crimson for a chat is that if, you, if you're my age and you're in a conversation with a 19-year-old going, yeah, sick, man, we'll love your night, thanks for letting me play, and I'm going, oh, thanks for coming and whatever, the chat sort of quite soon feels a bit like almost, this sounds wrong, but like not pupil teacher, but like, you know, fucking Gandalf, fucking Frodo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm, I really, really care about young creative people and... There's an immediate link there with the best people that made me able to kick on and do do what I eventually went off and did, which is find a way into comedy and 
be creative and do lots of stuff that really college me would be fucking pinching myself about the career I've had, even though it's not like the the, the glitteriest career in in telly or comedy. Some of the bits and pieces I've done are like absolutely stunning to teenage me, where I've like worked with people like Vic and Bob, Harry Enfield, Paul Whitehouse, um, David Hasselhoff, Mr. T. You know, and also I feel very protective of young creative people because I know full well that showbiz is full of people whether it's music, TV, film, whatever, it's full of people who see your talent as a commodity but who will talk to you like you're a genius in order to get you on the hook with uh, whatever it is that helps their business sort of um, make money. So I would love to build something with Delphine where she can... She can be the sort of uh, boots on the ground of knowing how the music industry works. But between us, we're like your auntie and uncle who will make sure that young musicians have got someone, a starting place to go to if there's something that they want to get off their chest about that world. Um, yeah, it's I'm really excited about it. So that's something to look forward to. <clears throat> Another thing that's been happening... I know this isn't a Buskin Chronicles app, it's a solo, but I mean, I'm going to talk about a few more music things. Um, a brilliant um, Patreon called Chris, Chris Smith, got in touch with me years ago and we, we talked about doing some music because he sent me some music that was brilliant. It, it, it took us ages to get our shit together, but we've now been working on a bunch of tunes and he's got a mate involved who's a producer. And it's early days, but polishing up some of the recordings we're doing is proving to be um, kind of mind-bogglingly exciting. Not that there is a plan to attempt to appear serious in, in, in terms of releasing music and whatever, but definitely releasing it for the love of putting it out. But yeah, I've been very pleasantly surprised by uh, collaborating with... Uh, other talented people, you can. It's interesting that you can surprise yourself. Stuff I've had lying around for years. Some of it, like fifteen years or whatever. Polish a song of, or send it to someone else. They go, "That's really good." Is it? And you start recording and arranging a song and getting other people's ideas in it. Before you know it, you're going, "Actually, that sounds fucking all right." That does. So I'm very excited. I think it's going to take a while to be able to share. But I've got a feeling that two, maybe three tracks will be shareable fairly soon. And I'm going to be adding them to my uh, solo live repertoire. In other words, making a, you know, use, doing an instrumental version for me to play to when I do a solo gig. My solo gigs are like glorified busking, but they are a, an efficient way of me just being able to go out make a few quid. I've got a few little gigs coming up where I'm getting paid. I've fallen I have fallen in love with busking. I've just bought a uh heavy duty um sack trolley from B and Q that's a game changer in terms of 
musical mobility. Um, and there's a restaurant near me, wants to get me in quite regularly, that I'm very friendly with in Hove, Mamma Mia's. He wants me singing. The chef wants me singing Killy Moon by um, uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. Anyway, that's all good. But there's two things I want you to know about. One, Stupid Hearts Club presents Love, Lols and Heartache. Is a night that I've now done twice. And I'm definitely doing again on a, a rhythm. Uh, I don't know whether it'll be once a month, but certainly try and arrange it to be no more than once every two months. The third one will be still down here in Hove on the 28th of March. If anyone wants to come and watch it, let me know. And I'll put your name on a... Well, I'm not, not for free, sorry, but uh, I'm paying my axe now. So if you want if you want to make sure that you don't not get in, because the last one actually was quite full, um, send me a message and let me know if you're genuinely fancying coming. Um, I've done two two nights. Both of them went really well. It's a very happy, joyous thing. And some of this young, local, brilliant music is a mind-blowingly ace part of it. I'm opening the show. I actually tried to close the show last time, but like about 20 young people walked out after their mates finished, so I won't be doing that again. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really, really fun, and, and it's a really cool place. It's called The Bee's Mouth. It's a bar in Hove on Western Road. And the next one is the 28th of March. Now... I've not got this actually confirmed, but there's a guy that used to be in quite a well-known indie band who's a really good guy and has got solo stuff going on. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say who it is just yet, but it's uh, it's a nice little moment. It's a bit of a step up in Stupid Hearts Club as an evening. The perfect the sweet spot is like two baby acts, me and my mate Pete. Delphine does a bit. But then having one sort of higher up, if you like. Do you know what I mean? Like someone who's sort of been there and has got a discography and uh, we might go, oh yeah, I used to like them. That's like the sweet spot of what Stupid Hearts Club could become. And I believe it is going to become that actually, especially with the help of uh, the music babies who are so plugged into stuff that's happening around here and beyond. Um a little reminder just to say, you know, what is it now? A year, a year and a, just a year and a bit since I moved down here. My life is so different to what it was, not just in the uh, pandemic village of um, Child's Game that I lived in, but also just of the all the time before that, right? Where I was very, uh, very happy to be... Um, you know, the, the priority for for many years is obviously my, my little boy. And um, and quite rightly so, and that's what I wanted it to be. But uh, circumstances have led me down here. The lad's cracking on and is uh, doing really well and is um, becoming, you know, a righteous dude who's got his own stuff going on. Meanwhile, Dad is 
cracking on as well, making things happen that are well beyond what I thought was possible a year and a bit ago when I was batshit crazy. <laughs> the other thing that I want you guys to know about is that there are some forthcoming dates in a few places around the country where I've been very generously invited to go and support musically quite a big Oasis tribute act called Oasis Supernova. Now I am not um I'm not that familiar with the tribute world. I do find it intriguing and I've definitely had a couple of good nights. It's, you know, if it's done well it's it's a fucking good night out. But but um I'm looking for stage time just sort of playing some stuff and especially for paid gigs like that's just um putting my money where my mouth is and living a little. So, very generously, these guys got in touch, which was via a chap called Ian, who I believe is the guitarist, a.k.a. The Knoll. And, um, yeah, they sound pretty good and they play quite big venues. And it's funny because I've, I've been in a little wrestling match with covers let's say, covers gigs. For a long time I was like, that's not what it is, that's not what music is. But what I've discovered from Stupid Hearts Club, and I've, I've really put together, from, from my own stuff, and I mean from, from when I'm busking and just trying to make a few quid, what I've decided is the way I, I'm happy to do it, is to make sure that I love the songs that I'm singing. And if... Uh, you know, I won't sing the song that all covers artists do just because that's the sort of most popular one. I would rather do the sort of second or third favourite song of that person if it's the one that I like. And it means that when I've been out in the street busking, people really stop and nod and wait and look like people basically also love those songs but not in but it's not I'm not doing without being rude I'm not doing fucking Wonderwall and um, I'm not going to be doing like Come Together I mean there's certain songs that are just so ubiquitous in the world of sort of pubs and covers but I try to avoid those songs the core of Stupid Hearts Club is kind of quite loungy and old. It's quite a it's quite a bit of a journey through love songs, and it's a bit sort of smooth. But what's funny is Ian's asked me to do this night, and I know that there's no point in me getting up there and doing fucking Frank Sinatra. And I'm not saying they wouldn't get it because I'm sure it'd be fine if it sounded all right. But the set that I've got that's like Johnny Ray. And, um, you know, fucking Lionel Richie or the Commodores or um, Conway Twitty and stuff like that. Kind of old 50s, semi-croony, early rock and roll love songs. It's not really the right thing for that night. And I'm like, well, I'm not. Obviously, those guys are doing all the Oasis ones, so. So I've gone, well, come on then, you know, you obviously, I, I obviously grew up listening to that music and 
that is the music that got me into music, like 90s sort of, 90s and beyond, there's a sort of certain bunch of people in there, like, you know, your Richard Ashcrofts, your Stone Roses, there's a bit of Bowie, a bit of New Order, a bit of Coral, maybe a little smidge of Smiths, um, and actually a little bit of... Uh, to honour the the people that are in the audience for that gig, there's a few solo null tunes that I love to pieces. So I'm building a set. I've been building a set for that night. Frankly, I'm using backing tracks, some of which I've made, some of which I've bought. So I just think that's the atmosphere of the night. And lo and behold, I'm like going through them all and practicing and sort of trying to get ready, rehearsing for that. And I'm like, I fucking am loving this. And I think what I'm learning is that do what's appropriate for the event. You know, I'd be most delighted if I started getting a regular kind of hotel lobby, like somewhere really nice, hotel lobby, and I'm being smooth, and I've bought like a, a new kind of suit, like a sort of Vegas casino fucking suit. You can you can uh, you can make good money doing that kind of old smoothie act, but if I'm I'm supporting Oasis Supernova, got five dates in the diary. I'm dead excited about it because it's an excuse to get up and bang out a load of tunes by the the bands that first got me interested in music. Another one is Arctic Monkeys. There'll be a bit of that anyway. Suffice to say, coming up very soon, I'm doing a gig in Halifax on Saturday the 24th, supporting those guys, be like 30-ish, 30, 40 minutes. I'm, I'm excited because I've, I've got a set of songs that I love singing. So if you're in the uh, Yorkshire area, I, can't, I don't know whether Halifax is west or what. I know it's not far from Leeds, but if it's if it's gettable to, and you're from anywhere in that neck of the woods, come and come and uh, come and have a look. I know I'm being an idiot, and I know I need to say the venue, don't I? It's Square Chapel Art Centre, um, in uh, Halifax. It's going to be great. I think there's at least a couple of hundred people already got tickets. I don't know what the capacity is, but suffice to say, and I've said that twice now, so suffice to say that I like saying suffice to say, the band themselves, Oasis Supernova, are a, you know, they're a good quality um, Oasis tribute. They they do really well. So, and they seem like good lads. So, yeah, I'm playing a few shows with them. The next one after that is in... Morecambe, which I'm very excited about, because Eric Morecambe is literally my comedy hero. And I've never been there, and I've never been to see the statue. So that will be rather special. Now, I am uh, haven't got the date... For, uh, sorry, I have got the date. It's March the 9th in Morecambe. I don't know the name of the uh, of the other venues, so I'm not going to advertise them now. I'll do a post where I properly advertise them in text form so you can see them 
and I'll keep you updated as I go along. But yeah, the first one, 24th, only a, only a, is it the weekend after next in Halifax? Come along, say hello, buy me a pint. Let me sleep. Let me sleep at your house. <laughs> Save me on bloody hotel bills. <laughs> Pay for me petrol. <laughs> oh, come on, stop it. Right, yeah, great. Great, guys, great. This is going really well. So that's like, I feel like I've just been sort of filling you in on stuff that's coming up. But when I do a solo, I like to... Um, I like to check in with mentally and in terms of happiness and health and all the rest of it where where I'm at in the context of uh, hoping that's useful for someone else to listen to. Once again, in the context of me being a person who I still consider to be uh, on the upswing from the worst mental health crisis I've ever had in my life. It's extremely important to me since I started this podcast to acknowledge that uh, a lot of people heard me go through all that and talk about it and the feedback I get because of that made me realise that it's really important not that I didn't already know that but it's really important and a huge part of Stupid Hearts Club is um, open-heartedness and being there being honest about mental struggles being honest about the sort of work one can do on oneself to understand yourself as much as possible. Stop saying oneself now, it sounded stupid, didn't it? The work you can do on yourself to understand who you are for the very simple reason that the more understanding you've got of what you're about and what your behaviour is, what your beliefs about yourself are, what your what your patterns are, what gets you down, what gets you back out of being down. The more you can know about yourself, the less time you need to spend in the fucking doldrums or lower than the... The doldrums aren't that bad, but lower than the doldrums is being ill. If you don't look after yourself and you let yourself fester in the doldrums, you're actually running the risk of becoming ill, you know. I mean, obviously the term m- mentally ill still got a bit of a connotation about it. Like, oh, yeah, I've been depressed and whatever. And I've been down the mental health problems. But no, people don't often like to say I, I'm mentally ill. But if you remove the mentally from it, it's just a different reason from being physically ill that you're just ill. So if it gets really bad, it's like, I'm not well. You know, like, that can happen, and and regularly does happen. And it's more likely to happen if you don't look after yourself, if you're not kind to yourself, and if, and I know it's difficult for a lot of people, but if you've not done any of the exploring about to do with moods, emotions, who you are, you know, history... Uh, relationships, what your style is, what your tendencies are, what your weak spots are, what your vices are. 
and whether those things that you do for pleasure if you look a bit deeper actually not only do they not make you happy they make you not like yourself and all of that stuff if you're willing to do that work you are effectively that's like the equivalent of having a really healthy diet and doing loads of exercise that helps you keep you physically and mentally as well happy but doing all of that stuff that's like maintenance it's like gardening right keeping everything working to get everything to a point where you understand stands you in very good stead for for years to come and it's not like you do it you get a diploma saying i now know myself and then that's it the, the deal is you've got to keep doing it the same as you've got to keep exercising stretching and and eating well and i've done a a fucking magnificent job of sorting myself out and looking after myself mentally been on a serious journey and something really clicked as a result of getting so low coming back from it and if I had to crystallise that into a thought it would be I thought I'm not going to let things outside of just me make me feel that bad ever again and uh, whether that be people or situations you know, we all get into relationships or into situations where you might not feel that what's going on is healthy or, to or it can be toxic. We can have people treating us badly, but you can also be treating yourself badly or luck, luck is treating you badly. You're not, um, you know, your job's not going well or you get laid off or like, like another thing that did happen to me and it sort of still is the case that my old job doesn't exist at the moment you know like it might come back it might not but I had to go what the fuck and then figure that out so when you're down on your luck it's very easy to think that it's like well the world's just changed and the world doesn't fucking want to look after me anymore and whatever and it's a slippery slope if you if you let yourself feel like that for too long so I just want to reiterate to people that have listened to this for a long time. I'm pinching myself at the moment. Not only did I get through that and have been telling you for a while that I moved to Brighton and um, I've been happier and I connected socially more with people again and um, connecting with human beings in the area and all that, which is why I started doing tea and empathy and the music stuff has all been making me happy. But now, the, the beginning of this year, there's some good luck happening. And I'd sort of forgotten about good luck, if you know what I mean. Not in a bitter way, but just like, I was so busy going, crack on, you are, you, know, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel of the disastrous era. You're starting to steady the ship, you're crawling from month to month, getting this done and that done and hoping for this and hoping for that. But now what's happening is the energy I've put into fucking walking tall again and saying to people that I want to do this and I want to do that is now turning into actual things that are happening, whether they're recreationally, creatively and professionally. Um, and obviously luck is involved. It's all a bit random anyway, isn't it? 
sometimes the phone doesn't ring, you don't get any work. Sometimes the phone rings and people say, hey, are you around? We want to do a thing. You go, yes. That happened to me last week. Me and my lovely friend Jason Hazley, wonderful writer. We've, we're fully intending to still be a, a writing partnership as and when is that is um, possible and beneficial. So we pit, we pitched a comedy book before Christmas and they fucking greenlit the bastard. So we've got a comedy book to write. I've not been able to say that for about three years. Fucking fantastic. And I've got the, the restaurant around the corner saying, oh, we want you to come and sing. We're going to let's sit down and figure it out. I want you here once, maybe twice a week. Got the the three new podcast ideas that we that have kind of like come up from meeting people because you say you do podcasts and they go, "What's that? How can we do a thing?" and blah blah, and it it creates new energy. And it's what a lesson, what a fucking lesson that is, that you've got to dust yourself off. You think that your life isn't working and it shit's gone wrong. You've got to dust yourself off and just start simple. All right, well, I like this. I'll do a bit of that because it, um, it's just a happy thing to do. It's a nice thing to do for me to do a bit of music. And here we are, a year on. I've got gigs in the diary where I'm getting paid. I've got real creativity happening with... with uh, a brilliant musician and producer where we're making new songs and I'll let you in on a secret. I've been brave enough to share a couple of the songs. I've been chatting to Russ out of Noel Gallagher's band, who's a brilliant lad. And I was being a bit shy about it and he went, send us a, send us it along. I want to have a listen, mate. Oh God, I don't know about that. Played him a couple of tunes and he was like, these are fucking boss. Doesn't mean anything amazing might happen with them. But what a fucking boost. You know, if you're out there and you're a creative person, all I can say is, and it's the reason I have my mate Pete joining me on my music nights, wonderful songwriter, brilliant guy. Don't be rude to your art. You're a creative person. What's the point of it being like just in your hard drive or in your headphones or like you paint something and then you sort of put it in a folder or... You know, you feel like, who the fuck am I to share that? You're not sharing it because you think you're going to be fucking Jimi Hendrix or David Hockney or, you know, Scorsese or fucking Bill Hicks. Whatever your art form is, do it because it's a... At this time when the humanity is so fucking dark, we need people to be just going... Here is a thing that's coming out of a nice place in humanity. Here is a fucking painting. Here is a song. Here is, um, you know, a little short film or a comedy sketch or a podcast. Whatever it is, just fucking do it. So that you're one of the people doing nice things instead of all the grim things that happen in the world like greed and um, misery and fucking all this fucking shit around the world where there's wars, which I can't, I'll never talk about in depth, I don't go there, but I just can't fucking believe that that's still what human beings are doing. I cannot fucking believe 
after everything that we've learned, that we're still going, there's some borders, there's some people who are slightly different, let's all have an argument that can't be resolved and then literally fucking murder people. Whether it's Ukraine, Gaza, Israel, anywhere in the world where there's strife, fucking load of shit the the answer to all this misery it isn't going on Instagram and waving a flag around and obviously the awareness to these situations is important but I honestly think the best thing we can all do is be outward with love and creativity and good energy for each other you know, in a non-judgmental, like, love all people, if you can, right? That's that's one of the reasons I refuse to sort of jump in to the uh, debating about all these heavy subjects, because to me that's just a big fucking bin fire with petrol being poured on it by everyone. I prefer to just walk about trying to be as fucking compassionate as possible. And as I said, the number one person that you need to be compassionate to and with is yourself. So every human being has got the potential to be nice to themselves if they would only just stop and think, hang on a minute. And I highly, highly recommend it it's made a big difference to my life as I sit here watching my yellow beetle flowers browning and withering like they're going fucking hell we didn't know we were going to be having to listen to this when you brought us home cut our asses off and put us in a in a vase but here we are do you know what I mean so wherever you are on this um, Valentine's Day, the day of love, smack bang in the middle of quite a confusing time for planet Earth. Just remember, you need to love you. So if you've not got a person of significant other in your life, buy yourself a fucking little red rose today. And a little chocolate. Have a little kiss in the mirror. (laughs) Pat your bum. Maybe slip a little finger in. Do whatever you want. But be nice. Say to yourself out loud, fucking love you, you know. Go, what? Yeah, you heard. I love you. You're fucking doing your best. You're doing all right. Life's tough. Keep going. Let's have each other's back. Let's figure this problem out or that problem out. We'll do it together. I love you. There you go. That's me talking to myself. Or me doing an impression of you talking to yourself. Please don't take that as me saying that I romantically love you and then start being weird and sending me aggressive voicemails, which is something that did happen recently. Okay. I love you guys. That is me telling you I love you, but in a, in a very sort of um, broad, 
non-specific, not weird way that doesn't give you the right to stalk me. <coughs> Let's leave it at that, shall we? Guys, have a great day. Have a great week. I promise that this week you are going to be getting a guest podcast with my friend Ali Crockett, who's a writer, recording on Saturday. I might break my rule and drop a tea and empathy before that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. What I'll do is, no, I'll wait. I'll do the, I'll do Ali on Saturday, post it on Sunday, and I will double drop when I post Ali. I like to keep the sequence. It is important to, to honour thyself. And sequencing is the, um, the technique that is going to help me build a brighter future. Right, that's enough shite from me. Give us a kiss. I'm only joking. Fuck off. Get off. Thank you. Bye.